Welcome back to the Adaptive Drink Podcast. And today we'll be going over essentially if you need a coach and what do you get. So first off, I would like to start off and talk about how, what does it mean to be a coach? And I think it's different from person to person on what they determine a coach is. For me, I think of it more as a person that is meant to guide you or mentor you into a direction that will help you get towards a goal that you're looking for. Life coach, athletic coach, psychological coach, anything along those lines specifically. For me, I am a fitness coach. That would be my denomination. So in a way, it's interesting though, this role of the coach. No one talks about how much difficulty it is to be a coach and they think it's just telling people what to do and how to go about things. And that's not true. From my experiences as a coach, I have definitely felt that client transformation, I guess, would be a thing that I would say is something that is very important for the growth of a person. It was really interesting. Uh, at the local crunch that I recently go to work out and also coach some of my clients at, uh, one of the coach's descriptions was client specializes in client transformation. It's really interesting because all the other ones said things like they specialize in functional fitness, they specialize in bodybuilding and they specialize in acad um, not academic uh, athletic performance as well but when i heard the whole sorry when i heard the statement of client transformation it, it resonated with me a little bit i feel that as a coach it definitely is something that you are looking for that transformation of your client to grow and become better. But this is where the fitness industry, I would wanna say is essentially not split, but something I have noticed. So to start off with the question, do you need a coach? Short answer, yes, or it depends. What I mean by it depends, there's a lot of information that's out there today. When I say there's a lot of information, there's a lot of people that give out free information. You have the tool of Google and in all honesty, you could just go to the gym and just figure it out. I had a conversation with some of my clients and actually got some anecdotal evidence of sorts to really ask uh, why they would get a coach or not. One of them was saying that, I don't really wanna pay for a coach. You know, it's a money thing. Another one kind of said, well, I'm not really that committed. So why should I get a coach if I'm not really that committed? And the standard, oh, I can kind of just figure it out. I'll just go on 
Google or I'll go on YouTube or I'll go in on any of those avenues and kind of just copy and paste. What's really funny is a lot of coaches started off like that, just Googling everything. When I first started my fitness journey, I definitely, it was definitely a rocky one at first. Just to give a background, I never was really into fitness that much. I started off with martial arts as a kid because that was the only sport that my parents would <laughs> allow me to do that wasn't really contact sport. It's ironic, but uh, back when I lived in Florida, I used to train Hapkido. I got all the way to brown belt. And then we moved to back to California because my parents were military and I wasn't really that much into fitness. I got through high school and I was in band. I was in drumline. I played snare drum. And that was the main fitness that really got me going for the most part. So I would always do the calisthenic stuff. Whatever the uh, things were kind of set up. Someone actually did state kind of in the chat. <laughs> DDR was actually... <laughs> That's really ironic, but DDR actually was another thing I used to do. I used to actually compete for that for anime conventions and everything like that. So yeah, DDR was definitely a cardio thing. But other than that, like I didn't really do that much of fitness until I got out of high school and when I got through college. I don't know if anyone in whoever's listening to the podcast or kind of listening right now, but names like Mike Chang. Uh, Athlean X, Elliot Hulse, who else did I really listen to? Um, honestly, those were the main people I used to watch. I remember going on YouTube and just writing down the workouts that they would say, oh, today it's back and buys. Write this workout down and go ahead and try this out when you go to the gym. And then, you know, I would... uh. I would enjoy the workouts, right? Every week, Mike Chang would give us a new uh, six-pack shortcuts workout. And then after Mike Chang, you know, I then would travel on to Elliot Hulse. He was kind of more of the, you know what, like you need only four exercises to work out. You just need a pull-up, just need a dip, front squat, and a deadlift. Well, that was a interesting program. Just train like that. Just do four movements. That's all you need. Super easy, super complex, full body. Gets the job done. I... I then remember after doing all of that, it got very interesting. Because at some point, I got stuck. I don't want to say I got stuck because of the fact of, of the information that I found, but for some reason the progress was not really showing. And this is where a coach kind of came into a role. I, during my journey, I ended up also taking up swim, where that was really kind of the first time I really had a true, true coach for anything. 
I got to Solana Community College and I thought I had a phase where I was like, you know what? I'm going to be the next Filipino Michael Phelps. And I thought that, you know what? Genetics don't matter. Height doesn't matter. I just put in the hard work and that'd be fine. I think that was the first experience I really did get to see the whole idea of having different coaches because on that team, there was two coaches, the assistant coach and the main coach. And it was really interesting and really ironic. But when looking at those coaches, we always wanted to gravitate towards the assistant coach. Interesting. The assistant coach we thought had the better resume. We as in the swim team. The better resume in regards of, you know what, like he was very meticulous, very thorough. And the head coach was really just, just do this. I remember one of our workouts used to be do uh, 21 100s. 100s is, um, if you look at the length of a pole, it's a down, a down and back would be a 50. So four lengths is a 100. And he would say, just do 21 100s freestyle butterfly do whatever you needed to and we'd hate it god i remember those workouts those were terrible i think that was the first time i kind of had a, an experience of a bad coach but then also the experience of a good coach because whenever the head coach wasn't present and the assistant coach had to be there the assistant coach was very understanding and tried to explain how you know those small details this coach went to my apologies. He went to um, conferences, got education, has a full team of people to show what his worth. After going through swim, uh, I then tried out gymnastics because because of the martial arts. And I think gymnastics was the longest time period of how long I was a coach. I was a coach for about six, seven years. As a gymnastics coach, I'd coached gymnastics for... I started actually with rec or recreation. So I started off with teaching just everybody. And then I specialized in teaching men's gymnastics. And I specialized in women's gymnastics because when I came back home from San Francisco, they didn't have any men's gyms in the area. So I ended up learning women's gymnastics to coach so I think it's interesting you know when you look at that scheme of do you really need a coach or not and when you listen to what I just gave you the information of how much I've done that's this is not including my experience with coaching Olympic weightlifting and gymnastics at Gator Strong in San Francisco or getting my certifications for Olympic weightlifting as well as uh, powerlifting as well as the NSCA CPT or even getting my master's in exercise physiology and you hear all of that and you you think that's a lot of information Maybe I should listen to this person. Well, that's essentially what I thought. But what I have recently come to find out is a lot of people, in all honesty, it 
it is difficult for people to go to the gym if they're not ready and it doesn't matter if the coach is very smart very educated if they don't want to do it it's not really much that you can do so to answer the question do you really need a coach no you don't really need a coach to get the job done i would want to make an argument and say that it will be difficult if you're not doing your research, you're not doing whatever you need to, not getting the proper education or proper information to grow, but you don't need a coach. For strength training, I did not have a coach for the longest of time, and I still got a lot of progress. Literally just looking up YouTube videos and everything like that to get the job done. If there's one thing that I would have a, a doubt or what's the word I'm looking for? Regret. I really would be curious to see where I would be right now if I actually had a strength and conditioning coach from when I started in the gym. I have clients in the gym that have been with me for about maybe a year, year and a half, going on two years. And it's very intriguing and interesting to see how much their progress has progressed and how close they are to reaching some of the lifetime PRs that I have been trying to reach. They've only been working out for about a year or so. And they've already obtained a lot of growth and a lot of improvement because of what I've been coaching them. It's one of those things that really explains how getting a coach makes it easier for you. If your goal is to get the job done with fitness or anything like that, Getting a coach would be a lot easier for you, is what I would want to say. So that's why I said earlier that it really just depends. If you get a coach, you get the benefit of what that person has to offer to you to expedite or make your life easier so you can improve your fitness. But if you don't get a coach, you just got to figure it out. I think one of the things that's just really important about fitness is that it is very time-based. And when I say time-based, it is something that if you're not doing it methodically and you're not doing it efficiently, there is time that is wasted and there could be time that is maximized. Hot topic, for example. I'm going to say a statement. But at the same time, I want you to hear it for what it is. Just because you take steroids doesn't mean you didn't put in the work. Now, for me particularly, for my gym and for my clients, I, I'll say it to you now that I more than likely will never introduce them to steroids, gear, PEDs. More than likely not. Uh, for the moral compass of me as well as the scope of what my gym has to offer and everything that I'm going for, more than likely none of them are going to be touching that type of stuff. 
if any of my clients decide that they in their career or in their life they want to do that more than likely i'm not going to coach them anymore not because i don't want to coach them but the validity of my resume of clients would definitely change if they knew that there were some people on gear but we're also coming into a time right now in social media my apologies social media or society where it's starting to be the norm it's the norm to be on gear it's the norm to just be okay with it and you know by all means i am all for advocating for how whatever you would like to do i'm just saying that for me particularly i just i would never make that decision to tell my clients to do that but the reason why i say that is because when you take steroids it expedites the time there's a lot of people that you don't even need to coach if you are hardworking and you happen to just have a good program and you happen to take steroids or you take any of these performance enhancing drugs it expedites the time you get to rest easier you recover faster so you can work more that's the fact of the matter I think that the the main thing for me when it comes to coaching though is if you're somebody that isn't thinking about going on gear someone that really is motivated and somebody that believes that instead of doing the work just have someone do it for them i really think you should get coach some of my clients actually not even some of mine, I think actually society too. They expect a lot from programming. They expect a lot from PRs or getting stronger. They, they expect if, if they expect if they get a coach for eight weeks, it, you, we should be seeing exuberant and a lot of growth. I tested this out with my clients and I tested this out in general just to kind of gauge to see how much growth someone can really get. But I already said this in my first podcast about how much percentage of muscle hypertrophy or strength that you should be yielding by the end of a cycle. But I have noticed that if you're completely, completely new to the gym and you're really working on your technique for 16 weeks, which is a motor learning cycle, about 16 weeks, you're guaranteed a PR flat out. Literally, you just going to the gym and just working out regularly, you're guaranteed a PR. In retrospects of strength, when it comes to muscle hypertrophy, same thing. If you're completely, completely new, your movement gets better and you're yielding more muscle. You're going to see a change after 16 weeks. The problem, though, is after that. After the 16 weeks. What about the 16 weeks after that? Sometimes a lot of people don't see progress after that, or they expect the progress to still come fast, where I'm letting you know and letting everyone else know that progress will start to slow down as time progresses. And that's not anything new. There are people at the top, top level that train five days a week, six days a week, maybe even close to six and a half or seven days a week. And they're fighting just for five kilograms of increase of a PR. Whether that is 
literal or an exaggeration. There's been multiple podcasts or multiple people arguing about how they'll take about a year or so just to get five kilograms on their deadlift. And it's one of those things that if you hear that statement alone, it took them one year to get that growth specifically. There's a bunch of things people will think about. That's why getting coaching is important. That's why doing what you're doing is a lot more. It's just maximizing your time because you only have so much time in your training. When you get a coach specifically, what do you get from them? I already said this about me, but when you when you look at me specifically, you get a coach that has been coaching for about eight plus years, has certifications and three main companies for powerlifting, weightlifting, Olympic weightlifting, and general fitness, as well as a master's degree. But a lot of people hear that. And then the next thing that kind of comes up is like, oh, do you look like a coach? That's another thing I definitely deal with all the time, where if you kind of look at somebody and how does the coach actually look like they lift? Does the coach actually know what they're talking about? I remember at one certification specifically for my Olympic weightlifting, the quote, it's from Dave Spitz when I got my certification for my USAW. Athletes should be better than the coach. I'll let that sink in. And also, the best coaches were the athletes that could not do it. Those resonate with me a little bit. Some of the best coaches are the athletes that couldn't. And your athletes should be better than the coach. Why is that? Why do you think that is what it is? It's because of the fact that the specialization of what you're doing. If you're a coach and you're 100% a coach, at some point in your training, you're no longer thinking about your own personal health anymore at some point. You're kind of more focused on living through your clients or you're still doing your fitness and you're doing your things particularly, but you're not necessarily thinking of bettering or trying to compete. Now, if you're like me or like some of the other, new, um, not newer generation, but like back of sense of, sorry, I'm not using the words properly when I'm looking for the, you still have the motivation and the drive to, or maybe you're still in your age where you actually can still be competitive. Like you use that as a motivation for your clients. So you use that as a motivation for whatever you do. I still manage to want to compete as well as perform at a high level. And I still can give an argument that a lot of people at the higher, higher ages as well can still be really competitive at their ages. But I would want to argue and say that as a coach, I definitely have found times that I have focused on my athletes or clients more than myself. So coming from somebody that happens to know how to program, know how to interpret information to get the job done and everything like that, you would think that, oh, well, I should be 
the best. I know how to program. I know how to do everything. So you know what? I should be the best athlete. That's not happening. I think that a lot of people need to see the value of what a coach is. Because the coach's job is essentially to be the person that will help guide the athlete or clients to where they need to be. It's hard. It's definitely difficult. I can definitely say that frustration in the gym is one of the things that I've also been specialized to try to help with. A coach's job is also meant to help a client or athlete gauge through sports psychology or get them through how to actually navigate of what to do. I said this in my last podcast about how motivation is something that isn't always going to be there. But a coach should always be there if that's somebody that can help. I've had multiple clients where they kind of go through the motions and they kind of get really frustrated and they're trying to figure out what to do and how they go about things. And I've studied a lot of anecdotal evidence as well as a lot of methods to help guide someone in the, in the proper path of getting back on track. But it's difficult because... Even if I can explain it to somebody what they need to do, it really is up to the client. It's really up to the athlete. I'll give an example. There was one client that I used to have before. Used to be an old client. And this person was super motivated. Super, super motivated and wanted to get the job done for their fitness. And they weren't seeing any progress at all like literally we were doing everything we were watching what need what needed to be done for strength training what needed to be done for cardio what needed to be done with everything having dialogues all the time and she just wasn't getting better we tried multiple renditions of trying to get the job done on different types of habit changes, different types of uh, mental changes, different types of stimulus changes and everything like that and nothing just worked. But I think the biggest reason why her progress wasn't where it needed to be was because of the fact that there wasn't enough dialogue whenever things would happen on, uh, on set. When I say on set, like immediately. There are definitely times when I was working with this client that when we first were working together, she always valued how much time we would always work in person. When I say work in person, it's like I have remote clients and in-person clients, and she would be really happy about how it is when it comes to being in person. But the moment that she moved, her motivation disappeared. Her drive disappeared. Her wanting to reach out more and talk and do everything just disappeared my job as a coach is meant to help gauge how to help someone get better at what they want to do whether it be in olympic weightlifting whether it be in powerlifting or whether it be in just general health but within doing all of that statements within doing all of that work you have to want it 
I'm gonna do I'm gonna do everything in my power to make sure that you'll get the job done and get to the finish line. And I said this on my last podcast and talked about how acceptance is something that is really, really important. And that's my job. In a way, it's funny. This person I was getting a getting rehab from, he said that he doesn't call himself a coach. He calls himself a holistic life therapist or something like that. I don't know if he's even allowed to call himself that because of the fact of the name of the certification of where he got his certification from. If Ace CPT gives that certification where you can be a holistic life coach, please let me know. I'll I'll go ahead and check that certification out. But I can explain all the information to somebody about what they need to do. But if they don't want to do it or they don't have the drive to do it, there's nothing a coach can really do. My job as a coach is to help guide you. But if you, I use the analogy of I can't, you can't make the horse drink at the river. I can bring as much tools to help guide you to the river to drink your water and do whatever you need to. But if you're not going to drink the water, what are we doing here? And I think one of the frustrations as a coach that really comes up is the idea of the time it takes, the investment it takes to really be a good coach. And that is why there is a, not a push, but there is an interesting argument right now in social media, in the fitness industry about how much worth is a coach. I'm going to ruffle some feathers, but in all honesty, being a good coach should not cost that much. It shouldn't. I think it also is based off of demographics, but at the end of the day, if your goal is really to help someone, like you should not be charging that much. I've seen people charge an arm and a leg literally for month-to-month coaching, and I'm literally thinking in my head, like, what is this person doing that warrants that much of the cost? But I do understand at some point where it really is just a... luxury sorry i had to think of the word luxury or a privilege when you're paying for the coach you're not paying for the coaching it's ironic when i say that but you're actually paying for that that coach's knowledge you're paying for that coach's ability to get the job done and you're paying to make sure that if i'm paying you this money and you're telling me this time frame i'm gonna get the results that's why some people charge 500 a month, 300 a month for all that type of things. But if you're an online coach or you're somebody that's really just like, you're not really like hands-on helping them, I can give a very valid argument that you should not be charging that much. For my fees specifically, I... I focus on the demographic of people that really aren't focused on trying to go to nationals, trying to do those type of things, really just type of people that really want to enjoy working out. But to enjoy working out, it's definitely something that you have to want. I can tell you all the studies of what maximizes muscle hypertrophy. How many days in the gym you need to go to the week? How many days you need to do cardio to make sure you're not uh, at risk for core morbidities? Fair example. You only need to do cardio three days a week for about 30 minutes to not be considered sedentary. Some people don't even want to do that. 
And if you don't want to do that, like, okay, cool. That's completely fine. But I'm more concerned and upset at the fact that if you can't commit 30 minutes to your own personal health, then there's a problem. There's a lot of clients that come into the gym or come to me and they say things like, I only want to go to the gym two times in a week. You you think I may be exaggerating, but it's actually really interesting. But there was a phase where there was somebody said that they only want to go to the gym two days a week or a third potential option. And it was very interesting to hear that. If you're asking me from an optimal standpoint, going to the gym three days a week is not enough. It is not enough. But I could also make the argument and say it is enough if you're okay with taking all the time in the world. The more you go to the gym, the better the results. The less you go to the gym, you're still going to get results, but it's just going to take more time. But at the same time, you have to understand that you can't just go to the gym every single day and expect results unless your body is prepared for it. Which is why whenever I start with my clients in the gym, I always say, let's start off with three days, see how it works. After eight weeks have passed, how does it feel? Feels pretty good? All right, let's bump a fourth day. Feels pretty good? All right, let's bump a fifth day dose responsive and i said that on the last podcast it's the commitment it's the consistency that is what a coach gives you a coach gives you that a coach gives you the accountability to do what you need to to get the job done to get the results that you're looking for and to continue on that same path But, and this is the sad truth, even if I tell you what you need to do and am monitoring environmental factors and giving you something that happens to be in the parameters that you fit, you still have to do it. I'm the type of coach that literally, if we get into one week and you're like, I hate it, like, all right, cool, let's change it. I don't want to go four days. All right, let's go three days. Oh, man, I only want to go two days. All right, cool. Let's go two days. But then they get to the end of the eight weeks because for me, whatever, what I do is every eight weeks, we'll do a a self-reflection of how the program went. How did it go? What did we learn? How did we do? And I always ask them and I say, every decision that we made, it was based off of what you wanted but you're not happy with the results that you're looking for. And whether that comes off manipulative or that comes off very uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Wrong. It's not. I'm not going to make you do something that you do not want to do. But at the same time, I need a client or an athlete to understand to get the job done. There are some things that you're going to need to do to get the results that you're looking for. I'm not going to shame you. I'm not going to change anything. A coach should not be shaming you to do something specifically. You have to accept that if you want the results that you're looking for, the work has to be put for the stimulus that you're looking for. If you're somebody that happens to want to get the job done and you're somebody who's like, you know what? I want to get strong. I want to get big. 
I want to be the next Arnold Schwarzenegger and everything like that, and I don't want to coach, and you have that drive, I can guarantee you more than likely you can more than do it. If you have the drive and you're literally going to take the time to look at all the videos, look at all of the research, look at everything particularly, that's completely fine, which is an argument for why a lot of people don't even need certifications. There are some people in the fitness industry that do not have certifications at all when it comes to how anatomy works, how physiology works, how psycho psychology works as well. The things that I was trained to actually do in the gym, but they have a physique on them. They have experience in the gym and which is why they're able to say what they want to say, which is why it's really difficult. Who do we listen to? Back in the day, it's not even back in the day, it's still said right now. That term is called bro science. Bro science is essentially that, oh, bro, just trust me. I've been doing this for a whole few years and such. Like, it works. Like, a topic that's definitely interesting right now is, like, how to get the chest, like, showing more. And there's a split in the community about how doing a certain movement will not elicit that response. But another um, group of people says that it does. And it's interesting because, as I said in the last podcast as well, confirmation bias can be everywhere. I can make an argument for that as well. Studies show that you should not be doing full body every day to get the results that you're looking for. But okay, let's go ahead and tell that to calisthenics, people that do calisthenics. Let's go ahead and tell that to Olympic weightlifters that squat every single day because they have to or pull every single day because they have to. Olympic weightlifters have a, a phenomenal physique. Calisthenic athletes have a phenomenal physique. CrossFit athletes have phenomenal physiques. But they're not doing the whole spectrum of, you know, we're going to do just upper body, just lower body, just all of that. Their, their bodies are training to how it's adapting. So this argument that, you know, you need a coach or you don't need a coach or what have you, I can just honestly say I think people just need to know. And if you want to know easier, you pay for a coach. If you want to figure it out yourself, just go ahead and figure it out yourself. And that's completely fine. And that is the beauty of Google, of the internet, where you can just find everything. I think the, the thing when it comes to just figuring out if you need one or not, is just what is your goal? If your goal is to be the best power lifter, the best Olympic weightlifter, the best CrossFit athlete, or the best strongman, or something specific, you should get a coach. Don't Google it. Just get one. Just make the investment. If you're somebody that's going for general health, going for something that feels good, just Google it. Completely fine. I have numerous friends that are not certified personal trainers as well as educated in the scheme, but know more knowledge about nutrition than some personal trainers that they say they happen to have. The CPT does not guarantee you a, a solid information of gathering. It just means that you are able to know the basics of knowledge for something, but it's up to you to figure out how to get the job done 
for more information. My old gymnastics mentor, he actually said something that's really, really interesting, but he was talking about how some of the best coaches are informa information stealers. And that sounds really bad, but it's actually true. Some of the best coaches are the ones that take all the knowledge that's out there and forms it into what makes it their own, their own method. That's why when you hear things like the Bulgarian method, which is squat every day, the conjugate method, which is another form of strength training. It's information is flowing everywhere. There's so much conflicting information or conflicting methods with each other. And that's once again, and I keep reiterating this, but that's my job as a coach to help you navigate through that. My job is to look at all the new information that is coming out or the new type of fads or types of stimulus that people are talking about in the nowadays and help you understand why. Make your life easier. And I said this last time, and once again, like having a coach, having strength training, it is a luxury. It is, which is why a lot of people will upcharge it to make it so a lot of people just makes their living. But I think it's a very, very poor statement, in my opinion, that if you are somebody that's going to go to the general public and say things like, oh, well, I charge this much because that's how I get food on the table and da 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 like everyone knows that you, you're you're getting charged too i i can't tell you how many times i've had this argument or discussion not argument but discussion with a lot of my clients and explain to them how if you can't pay but you really are motivated all right then don't pay me but they're like oh no 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 i i feel bad it's like no like don't pay me it's fine I'll give you one program that's just someone else's and we'll go from there. It's curious. It really is curious. I've seen some coaches happen to charge, let's say $200, $300, right? And let's go ahead and pull out the math. Like, let me go ahead and pull out a calendar, a calendar. I'm so sorry. Calculator playing on a calculator right now and let's talk about what some people charge and let's put it on paper for what we're looking for if you are somebody that is looking for a solid coaching coaching area let's say $200 a month right if it's $200 a month that is 30 days right let's divide that by 30 30 days that means you are paying this coach to monitor your life in fitness and in strength, psychologically, physiologically, and emotionally for $7 a day. Let that sink in. $7 a day is what you are investing into your health to get the coach. And if you had to worry, if you had to think about on scale of what that would be, $7 would be a trip to Jamba Juice. Now, once again, I said this before, it is a luxury and I have a very, very, very stern belief that a lot of people that charge a lot of money for a cookie cutter program or a cookie cutter type of approach for their clients that it is very disingenuous. Like for people that charge 500, let's even put that back on paper again. 
$500. I've seen coaches that charge $500 and divide that by 30 days. That's $17. That's about $20 a day that you are charged to watch for your health. $20 on the scheme of it. Let's say that is a, that is a lunch special at Korean barbecue in my area. If you're lucky to find that area, that is a lunch special at Korean barbecue. And if you do not know that Korean barbecue is quite expensive, $20 a day. If it's $20 a day, shoot, let me just go buy a membership $20 a month and just figure it out. And that is my argument. If you're already paying for a membership to go to the gym and figure it out, why are coaches paying that much? But at the same time, some coaches charge that much because of the fact that of all the knowledge that they have, about all the consistency that they have, and all the clout and knowledge that they have. And they have the right to do that. I've had some coaches, back when I used to coach gymnastics, these parents would pay $50 to $60 an hour for this coach. And I would look at this coach and think in my head, you were not a gold medalist coach. You were not that coach. You were not the person that is coaching at the high, high tier. But they personally have a belief that that's how much they want to charge. And if that's what they want to charge, that's completely fine. That is their honest opinion. For me, I do not know if I ever consider myself to be a $50 an hour coach. That Doctors get paid about $50 an hour. That that's some um, that's some dinero. That's a lot of money. That is. I like to view co I like to view coaching as an approach of a lifestyle change or a method that will help me help you find something sustainable. That's why whenever I look at people, whenever coaches give that 30-day challenge or something like that, I think it's very difficult because it's hard because it takes time. Working out takes time. And if it takes time, why am I going to charge someone that much for a lifestyle change? If you look at like Kaiser or somewhere like that, insurance for the bronze package is $300 a month. $300. Like that is so that is giving you options of health care. It's $300 a month. And I said this on my last podcast, you're paying for an investment. When you pay for a coach and you're paying for the gym, it doesn't guarantee you health, but it gives you a higher chance of a better life of health. So that's, that's all I have to say about that. Like, as I stated, if you, the, the biggest reason to get a coach is to make your life easier, to expedite your process, to get to a better goal. And I've had some clients that have been with me for a little bit and they've decided, you know what, Alex, I've learned as much as I can. I'm gonna try this out on my own. And if more than anything, I I get emotional about it and I get a little hurt because I wanna keep all my clients forever. But if more than anything, a coach should also be training you to make your own decisions, to figure out what you want. 
And for the people that end up staying with the coach, it's because of the fact that, you know what, like I believe in your process and I believe in everything and you're making my life easier. So I'm just going to keep paying you. But then there's some people that I've had clients for six months and they decided, you know what, Alex, like I'm going to take a break. I'm going to figure it out. What's kind of sad though is I have seen the people that say, you know what, I'm going to figure it out. I really like what you had to give and they have not improved. They haven't done anything. They kind of just stopped. Is that a testament to my coaching? I don't know. Maybe. Is that a testament to their mindset? I don't know. Maybe. But I think having a coach can be something that is worthwhile for your growth in fitness. And I think that if you really want to get a coach, I think you should. Find the right coach that will help guide you on the direction. But in all honesty, you don't really need a coach. You don't. Just go on any type of social media avenue. But I will let you know at some point, if I had to remind you and let you know, and I said this earlier, if you just go to the gym for 16 weeks, I even expand that. What's uh, 8 times 4? 24. Let's say 24 weeks. If you go to the gym for 24 weeks and you're just banging out weight, I'm going to go on every machine every single day or I'm going to go do this or I'm going to just eat properly for about 16 to 24 weeks. You are guaranteed to look different. And I'll, I'll stand by that. You are guaranteed to look different if you truly are trying. 24 weeks. But after 24 weeks, that is where it gets interesting. That's where the work begins. And I think that is where it would be better for you to get a coach that actually takes the time to understand those things. Yeah, it's uh, just a food for thought. But, yeah, that's all I have to essentially say about that. I'll go ahead and close up this podcast then. Thank you all for tuning into this Adaptive Strength podcast, and I will see you all on the next topic. Catch you all later.